Hey guys, this week's podcast brought to you by Kent Cartridge and Fast Steel 2.0. I've been shooting Kent for over God, 15 years when I was in college. I had to wait tables and bartend just to be able to afford shotgun shells to go duck hunting. Nothing's changed in that time frame. Kent killed ducks then, and it kills ducks now. That's why I still shoot it. Fast Steel 2.0 is just the evolution of Kent's reliable, effective, and industry-leading steel shot technology. You can find it at your local dealer or uh, head over to kentcartridge.com to check out their entire lineup of shot shells. Caught up on the wind, round and round again, just trying to do my best. I've been trying to go to church some, but I keep getting intercepted by the ball game on TV or Zepco 303. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Cable Smith. Welcoming everybody into episode 602 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. It is great to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks today. Thanks for dropping by. I do appreciate it. Hope that you and yours are off to a hell of a start this fall. We've got basically everything's open now. Uh, where I live anyway, in Texas, and ducks are in full swing. We, we went out for the opener last weekend, uh, saw some birds, ended up with like, I think th- we got three widgeon. Um, so compared to last year, hey, we'd take three birds any day because last year stunk. But regardless, it's always great being out there. Uh, the rut, man, whew, I was out on Thursday. And I'm going back after the show today uh, out at the lease. The chasing is hot and heavy. Bucks are fighting. I, I rattled in. Um, that was a younger buck. It was a young eight-point. Grunted in this old deer I call Clubber. And he is just a genetic. Well, it's terrible is what he is. He's forked on one side and it just goes up like a spike. Then the other side it just goes out and forks which means he's illegal. He's a double forky. They have to have one unbranched antler in Clay County or they are considered illegal if they're not 13 inches wide. So one of those mature bucks that slips through the crack and here he comes. I could see this deer slobbering. Oh, he was pissed off looking for a fight. And I'm sitting on the ground 20 yards from him. 20 yards. I can see the steam coming out of his nostrils. His neck swollen to the point where I don't know how his skin wasn't just bursting open. Oh, he was pissed. But, again, old clubber falls through the cracks. And and I love antler restrictions. I really think they're great for most situations. But, I mean, as far as encouraging people to shoot mature deer, right? But there's bucks like this one that just need to be shot. She can't. And they're just spreading that genetic seed all over the place unfortunately so just watched him go finally he realized that there was a human being sitting there stuck his nose up in the air and smelled me once he got to the downwind side and bounced out of there as deer will do um but cool experience just unfortunately the buck i'm after no showed and we'll see what happens after today's show when we head back out there i'm taking all the kids with me aaron has to work so that should be interesting I'd say the odds are not in our favor. <laughs> but anyway, hope that y'all are, like I said, off to a great start. 
ducks, deer, quail, you name it. And then folks like my dad are out there wetting the line and the big girls are biting. He, he sent me a picture of a six pounder, a largemouth that he caught this week. I meant to ask him what he caught it on, but, uh, they're putting on the feed sack as well as temperatures are starting to drop. So great time to be alive in the great outdoors. What's happening on today's show? Let me tell you, pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire, pour yourself another cup of black rifle coffee into granddaddy's beat up old Stanley thermos because we're ready to rock and roll. And off the top, a round table discussion that we taped in crane camp. Yeah. Crane camp. We were out hunting sandhill cranes in the Texas panhandle last week with Kent cartridge and final descent guide service. Uh, we taped a, uh, a pretty interesting interview there at the lodge, uh, surrounded by life-sized grizzly bear mounts, Alaskan moose, pro- like Boone and Crockett, pronghorn out the wazoo. There was a lot of nice animals in there. A proper place to tape a hunting show. Uh, but Kent Cartridge's Hunter Colbert and Cade Johnson, as well as cameraman Stephen Bustran of Bustran Studios, all join me for that discussion. And we're going to run the gambit on Sandhill crane hunting, uh, manufacturing shortfalls due to you know supply chain issues, um, steel shot for cranes. Yeah, those number twos did a number on those giant birds. All, all sorts of cool stuff. And then Steve, the cameraman who doesn't hunt, I think he has some questions for us as well. Uh, so interesting perspective or thoughts coming from a non-hunter. Uh, coming at you here in just a little bit and uh, after we wrap up the round table i'll uh, i'll share but i'll try not to get choked up doing it but the cherry on top of bell and i's 11 year run it happened on that crane hunt teaching an old dog new tricks i'll explain why uh, at the bottom of the hour but i think you guys will enjoy uh, hearing my perspective on on that component of that trip out west so that's what's on the docket for today. Sandhill cranes and good old hunting dogs. Uh, let's do a quick giveaway. Havilon is loading me up with more knives than I know what to do with. I'll give away two today. I've got an XTI Ready in green and a Peranta Black Stag. Two different models, two different winners. We'll give each winner a Havilon cap as well. Just email the word Sweet Bell for our sweet gal. That's Sweet Bell to Lone Star outdoorshow at gmail.com and you are entered into today's Havilon giveaway. Coming up next, it's a hunting camp roundtable discussion with the boys from Kent Cartridge on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. So what do you do with good old boys like Okay, we'll hear for Big and J Whitetail Attractants Few things are more enjoyable than to watch the kids put out the Big and J BB squared and then start beating dad up to look at his cell phone. Why? Because they want to see what bucks are coming to eat the Big and J. You can find their entire lineup of whitetail attractants at BigandJ.com. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also dual caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving and they'll custom laser cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality 
guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit tacticalskeleton.com today. There's something nostalgic about the old-timey general store, and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwave, Texas, at the Mills County General Store. They're licensed FFL with rifle, pistols, and shotguns, ammo, gun accessories, hunting accessories, deer corn and attractants, sporting goods. They've got a wide array of knives to choose from, plus insulated apparel for both work and camo for hunting season, fishing supplies. They've got foods like Anchor Tea, grass-fed beef, Dublin sodas, gourmet sauces, and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldweight, Texas. Hey, everybody. This is Pat Green. You're listening to my good buddy Cable Smith right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Check it out, y'all. Now September, Cone, Texas. Just one time every year. So we get our guns and a pickup trucks and a bunch of that Lone Star beer. Head out for of course it had to be pat green west texas holiday bringing us back on sci's lone star outdoor show presented by mossberg firearms cable smith here with you thank you for dropping by today we just got back from a west texas holiday of sorts a little sandhill crane and uh eurasian collar dove we weren't even expecting to do the dove hunt that was just a bonus but yeah uh Lubbock and the Texas Panhandle, that's where over 50% of our continental Sandhill Crane population decides to winter, and they were there in droves. Still a little early, but man, we had two awesome days of hunting, uh, did a little dove hunting as well. And we've got a, a special roundtable discussion for you today. Three great guests joining me, uh, Hunter Colbert and Kay Johnson both of Kent Cartridge and Steve Boostran, our cameraman. And Steve is not a hunter, but he loves filming hunts. So we'll get, I think it's a very interesting perspective from someone that's kind of on the outside looking in, but capturing those moments in the field and trying to tell a story. Uh, so we'll get Steve's take on all of this madness as well. Uh, before we do that, this segment brought to you by Mossberg Shotguns and the 940 Pro Waterfowl, the new semi-auto loading platform from Mossberg. I keep telling you, and this is what I used uh, on those cranes last week. It cycles everything perfectly. Well, every kit load, that's all I'm shooting. But uh, yeah, cycles beautifully. And drum roll, the number one selling point. You don't have to clean it before you put 1,500 rounds through it. Whew. Now you're speaking my language. Uh, you can find the 940 Pro Waterfowl at your local sporting good retailer or uh, head over to mossberg.com with that being said uh let's get into that roundtable discussion lots of different ideas and thoughts um reactions to some people's first sandhill crane hunt coming at you now so let's get into that conversation we recorded this after our first day of hunting there at the lodge uh the final descent lodge great outfit by the way uh right there outside of lubbock texas We'll, we'll go ahead and start with you, Hunter. Um, this hunt's been a long time coming. Fortunate enough to, to get to do a collaboration hunt with, with Kent Cartridge and um, have had a great relationship with you guys over the years and have been shooting Kent for a for a long time. Actually, my other buddy who's here, he's taking a nap. Uh, well, I guess you'd call him buddy for better or worse. But uh, Josh and I met duck hunting on Ray Roberts 
15, maybe it's been longer than that. I'm 40. We're old. Um, and he pulled out these silver shells, and I was shooting the red ones back then because they were the cheapest. And um, he's like, no, you got to get these Kent shells. I'm like, well, okay, how much are they? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's just like waiting one more table. I could, you know, just bring the extra couple dollars for better shells. And then more ducks started dying. You know, not as many cripples. The dog was much more appreciative. Um, and and now we've seen the evolution of Kent with Fast Steel 2.0. Um, so on this crane hunt, we're shooting number twos, three inches, and then also two and three quarter inch number four fast lead because you can hunt sandhills with lead shot. Yeah, the fast lead, being able to hunt a migratory bird with lead is a weird thing to think about, but Texas is just a weird place in general. So <laughs> being able to shoot a as big of a bird with two and three quarter fours is something that most people wouldn't even think about, but we folded them up when we were using it and then using steel twos as well. And that just absolutely destroyed them all morning long. So looking forward to the day two. Yeah. What are most guys or most of your customers, what are they purchasing number four lead shot for? Uh, I doubt it's mostly crane hunters. No, no, it'd be pheasants. Um, so up in Mitchell, South Dakota, for their Pheasant Fest, they do that at the Cabela's, I want to say, mid-October every year, and they were using fours and fives for pheasants. So being able to upgrade to something as big as a sandhill is something most people wouldn't even think about. Mm-hmm. But using four lead is technically like using steel ones. So it, it makes perfect sense, but most people wouldn't even think about making that switch or be bold enough to make that switch. Yeah. But it, it worked out for us perfectly this morning. What it, was your initial thoughts on, I mean, you'd never done this before, but uh, was it as good as advertised, better? I mean, what were you expecting and, and what what uh, was the delivery? So exceeded expectations. It's a super unique hunt in itself. I mean, hunting in Texas, I mean, you could – halfway see florida from here i mean it is flat as can be Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing that i didn't anticipate was not being able to pinpoint where the calls were coming from when the birds were coming in it was super disorienting listening to them and not being able to figure out where exactly they are just because there's nothing for sound to bounce off of Mm -hmm. and that was that was the most unique thing I think I picked up on it, but I mean, having those big freaking birds decoy at 15 yards is, is absolutely insane to, insane to watch. Yeah. And one of the things that makes it pretty sporting, I mean, let's face it. Once these birds are cupped and committed to the decoys, they're slow, they're big and slow, but they also have the advantage of you, the hunter, not really knowing where they're going to be when the guides call the shot. And trust me, Wyatt and Hunter are always chirping at us. Keep your heads down. You know, don't let them see your face. These birds' best line of defense is their eyesight. And my God, there's a lot of eyes when there's 20, 30 cranes circling above you. Um, but when they call the shot, your head's down. And you really, you know there's cranes. You can hear them. And you maybe see them out of the corner of your eye. But you don't know where they're going to be. You know they're going to be in the decoys. So then it's just like picking one out that hasn't already been shot by your buddy or I mean, it's it makes for some fun shooting because it's very unexpected. They could be off to your left, be right in front of you. You never know. Yeah, and they never come in the exact same. Yeah. You could have birds that are coming in on the dirt and then some 15, 20 feet off the ground. There's no – you're not going to get the same shots again and again. So it, it's a it's it's a very unique hunt. 
and it's listen to those shots come up. I mean, but they get they almost get stuck when you pop up because they don't know where to go and that reaction time is just <laughs> they're not fast. No, they're not fast at all. So yeah. it's a but it's a super fun hunt and I'm looking forward to being able to put some of them on the grill here over the next couple of days. Yeah. And now Kate joined us from uh, College Station and you have not hunted sandhill cranes either i have not it was a totally new experience like hunter said definitely exceeded expectations wasn't entirely sure what to expect with it uh-huh. then was a lot faster pace than i had been told it was but it was a different kind of hunt but it was a great experience so far looking forward to getting after it again tomorrow morning for sure and we're actually going to work in a little uh, dove hunt here this afternoon um what do you actually do for kent cartridge so I'm one of the account managers for Texas. So I handle dealer relations and sales um, and uh, do some wholesaler dealer relations and sales as well. So here's a question from like, since you're on the inside of, of that um, dynamic between ammo manufacturer and dealer, what has it been like when, I mean, it's no secret, it's not, and it's not unique to Kent, but when manufacturers can't meet demands just because, you know, it's not really a shortage. You guys are making more ammo than you ever had, but the demand is higher than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Has that been tough navigating those waters? Yeah, luckily we have a real pretty loyal client base, and so our clients have been very uh, accommodating and working with us as the demand increases, and we have folks that we're putting in orders that were you know, sometimes four or 500% higher than what they had done year over year before uh-huh. so on the one hand growth is fantastic on the other hand it's very difficult to meet when you have a large chunk of your clients putting in that kind of demand you know it's definitely caused kent to uh um, slim down the catalog a little bit and focus on the the products that were mostly in demand and um uh, really just trying to meet everybody's needs but again regionally i'm sure my clients needs are very different than clients needs in the rest of the country that these guys are trying to service Mm -hmm. and whatnot so there's definitely a big balancing act involved and you know that's where these guys like hunter and everything come in actually at the kent hq you know making sure everything is allocated properly for production and um yes all these dealers are getting taken care of as best we can what specific product does the texas hunters consume the most of from kent so for my clients, it's definitely Fast Steel 2.0 and uh-huh. the bismuth loads for waterfowl. I do a lot on the Texas coast. Um, so those are definitely the in, all any skew in, in those product lines are far and away the most of what, what I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Hunter, talk a little bit about, he brought up HQ, which is in Virginia. It's a pretty cool setup. I mean, you're over there shooting turkeys and stuff in, in the springtime right there on basically where you go to work every day. Yeah, so I, I'm lucky. I'm a pretty spoiled individual in that aspect of it. I mean, we have springtime. We have... Crack open a cold one. <laughs> gob- we have groups of gobblers strutting and fighting in the parking lot of the office. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, I mean, I think it's it's a playground. We have all of the employees get to hunt the property. It's about 300 acres that mm-hmm. surrounds the surrounds the factory we've had deer rubbing telephone poles behind the office it's geese landing in the fields you name it we could do it it's a it's a hilarious playground like i said i mean it's it's an old plantation yeah so it's everything in that area is super super old so we got to take advantage of an old uh old house it's very unique you're not going to find a whole lot of houses that all it's actually i want to say it's a historic landmark Mm -hmm. in the front of the building so it's 
it's a fun place to work great people starting to build that kent community up and really get the get the brand moving in the right direction so i like that story where you were hunting there with your dad last year and like you you were calling and the turkey just walked around the corner of the office and you you smoked it while your dad was calling yeah so there's old i've been hunting this bird all season huge bird can see i mean literally can walk out the back door of the factory and he's strutting in the pasture right behind the factory and finally got my dad on board to go out he'd never hunted the plant with me before uh-huh. so we went out one morning called to him back and forth for a couple hours he didn't do anything went back to the office grabbed a bite to eat went back out it was probably nine o'clock hen left him and answered to us right behind the factory set up on him and i was ex- he answered to us and my dad just walked away casually and called and he came in when i say two yards it was an exaggeration <laughs> i mean it the wide came back and bounced at me it was and he was a huge bird it was foot long beard inch and a half hooks on him wow and it was couldn't awesome. have been better yeah and was, to get to do it with your dad right there at the office is oh yeah sweet. it's super cool i get that's my dad is probably one of my favorite hunting buddies so being able we go all over the place and kill stuff so being able to do something close to home and he's not the best turkey hunter he would tell you he yeah kills all kinds of turkeys but he sits under the same tree does the same <laughs> thing every time i'm gonna send this is strictly for him kind of <laughs> busting him up a little bit but it's being able to do stuff with your dad and share that experience is a uh, awesome thing to do mm-hmm. so get to do it every chance i get as far as waterfowl destination hunts have you been on specific ones gabe destination hunts no um everything i've done waterfowl wise has been all around texas um done some destination dove argentina and whatnot but um, as far as waterfowl goes yeah just locally yeah i was telling you guys at dinner last night that our argentina trip is not canceled permanently but postponed because like they want you to quarantine if you're not vaccinated you can go but you can sit in a hotel room for seven days and it's a four-day hunt it's brutal for seven days so that I can hunt for four days. It's not going to do it. So, And the other guys in my group are like, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah, in not happening. But Argentina is as good as everyone says it is. Huh? Oh, yeah. Definitely worth it. What is, if if you had a choice, like a bucket list waterfowl hunt, is there anything that you, you want to check off? I would love to do the king eider duck hunts. Yeah. You know, if they're in the Aleutians or in Alaska, I think one of those would be a, a I hear it's a very difficult and, physically trying hunt so i think something like that would be a very cool experience to do feel like you really earn it you know sitting out there on the ice and everything that'd be a that'd be an experience for sure that one's certainly appealing to me the king eider is such like a regal looking uh duck but i also just from like the the history and culture standpoint i want to go to chesapeake bay and go like take in all of the decoy carvers and the museums and eat clam chowder and um, crab cakes and maybe shoot I don't, can you call him, Hunter, can you call him an old squaw still? Oh, that's, he'll put somebody <laughs> on a hot seat for that one. <laughs> like a long-tailed duck, excuse me? Yeah. Well, there are going to always be old squaws on this show. So I I, I want to get one. Like, I think those ducks look sweet as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be an experience. Now, you, that stuff is like right in your backyard, huh? Yeah, that's three hours away. So I'm actually going to be up. We'll have to set this up for the same time, I guess, this next weekend, next year. There's a waterfowl festival in Easton, Maryland. Huh. This time of the year, which is the epicenter of East Coast waterfowl hunting. So that would be a cool thing to go up and do that and then go out and smash some uh, long-tailed ducks. Yeah. And uh, 
Scoters and scoters, sea scoters, stuff like that would be an awesome. And this time of the year, you typically is when you get that first big cold push, so you get some fresh ducks down. Uh-huh. That would definitely be something we could entertain for the next. Have you done a done many destination waterfowl hunts? Um, so this Sand Hills was definitely on my bucket list. So this was a cool thing to knock off the list. Uh-huh. And then I got to go do timber hunting in Arkansas last year, mm. and that was a cool one. But I'll start. I'll definitely start bouncing around doing i definitely want to get up to maine and do a sea duck hunt up there and then alaska which is everybody's yeah everybody's go-to um get to go down to corpus christi next week so that's another big hunt that i'm looking forward to doing so awesome yeah corpus is uh people don't realize a very underrated ton i mean the majority of the central flyways uh widgeon pintail um a lot of bluebells and then green wing teal mm-hmm. all end up on the coast. Yeah. So um, it's, there's no shortage of birds there, generally speaking. And they actually had a great season on the Texas coast last year. Our season in North Texas was, and I've talked about it on the show enough, probably, people are probably tired of hearing me bitch about how bad our season was. It was the worst one I've ever seen. And it just because we just wasn't cold. Then we had uh, Snowmageddon in February, and dude, I've never seen so many ducks. There were birds everywhere. They were Headed north and like, uh, we made a bad choice. We're going to turn around and fly back south. Yeah, Snowvid brought them all back. That's exactly right. Um, you know what? Let's do this. Let's work in a quick break here. Certainly enjoying the conversation, fellows. We'll come back and we'll pick it up with Steve, our cameraman. He's been quiet over there. Uh, but for a non-hunter, you know, what's it like for him telling the story from behind the lens when it comes to filming waterfowl hunts? Uh, we'll get into that. A whole lot more coming at you. That segment... Brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. They've been doing this for 50 years, and they're celebrating that milestone with their biggest and baddest convention yet, taking place in Las Vegas January 19th through the 21st. I'll be there. I look forward to seeing you guys there as well. It's uh, Mandalay Bay, SCI, celebrating 50 years. It's going to be a great time. Uh, For more info on the convention or just to become a member, of SCI, head over to safariclub.org. We'll continue the ribeye in the sky roundtable discussion next on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Saturday Satan, Sunday Saint, fooling your neighbors, that's what you think. Reading the good book. Hey, hey, everybody, Cable here for Go Wild. If you're like me, trust me, these clowns have been censoring me for a long time. But if you're like me and you can't seem to make heads nor tails of what the hell's going on on traditional social media platforms like, you know, the one that Zuckerberg owns, well, let me tell you about Go Wild. It's a place where like-minded folks are sharing ideas, hunting tips, fishing tips, recipes, all that great outdoor content that you and I both love. You can find it on Go Wild. And here's an even better thing that they're doing right now. They've got an online store. And if you sign up, that's right. It's it's a free account. That's, that's all you have to do is just go to a download Go Wild. You sign up, create your account there. You'll get a free $10 gift card to spend on Go Wild's outdoor gear store. Brands like Garmin, Vortex, Irish Setter Boots. Treason, North Mountain Gear, and many, many others. They're all right there in the Go Wild store, and you can use that $10 credit on anything you want. It's that easy. Sign up at Download 
GoWild.com. Take advantage of your $10 reward gift card. And uh, and you and you build points, too. Um, that's another thing. It's a, a rewards program. So the more you spend, the more points you get. You can find it all at DownloadGoWild.com. And I'll see you over there. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes, storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisespecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Man, my friend Jerry called a Western Diamondback. Didn't make much trouble once we got her in the sack. We drove back to Jerry's house and found that recipe. Drowned the snake in mezcal and the rest is Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Osberg Firearms. We are uh, going to continue talking West Texas Sandhill Cranes. And really, West Texas is just a sportsman's paradise, especially for the uh, the wing shooter. Like, ducks, yeah, they've got Playa Lakes loaded up with ducks. You want to shoot dove, um, morning, white wing, or maybe dove season's closed? Well, hey, we pounded the Eurasians this last week. I mean, invasive dove species, and you can shoot as many as you want, which we did. <laughs> um, plus, Deer, uh, qu- also quail, pheasant, more birds. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really a special place. Underrated. Uh, this segment of the show brought to you by Vortex Optics and the new Vortex Wear Fall and Winter 2021 lineup. The new flannel shirt. I told you last week I've been living in that thing. Nothing's changed. I wish I had one for every day of the week. Stylish enough to wear to the bar on Friday night. Rugged enough to fill feeders on Saturday afternoon or classy enough to wear to church put your butt in that pew on sunday morning it's the vortex flannel you can check out their entire lineup of vortex apparel at vortexoptics.com and you'll save 20 percent when you use that promo code lone star 20 at checkout that's 20 percent off all vortex apparel with my promo code with that being said let's get back into it here with uh, kent cartridges hunter colbert and Kay johnson as well as our good friend and cameraman, Steve Bustran. And Steve and I have been friends for probably like five years, I'd say. Maybe longer. Something like that, yeah. Your brother and, uh, brother-in-law and I have been, been duck hunting together, turkey hunting together over the years. And I met you on one of those hunts and you were filming. Correct. But your background isn't traditionally in filming hunting no. content. So what, what is your background? Uh, it's mostly like action sports, uh, skateboarding snowboarding when i was growing up and now it's basically diverse of weddings hunting and basically everything else for commercials ufc fighters and more i was gonna say ufc you love ufc who doesn't though the older i get the more into i'm 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 like yeah i want to see two dudes beat the crap out of each other or or women when i or or women yeah i mean rose that was a great fight last weekend uh when uh rose defended her title and but i think my favorite fighter right now is justin gagey like he can take uh, a punch, and the, every time he fights, it's, it's possible he's going to get fight of the night, you know? Yeah. Um, he actually knocked out one of my friends. You know uh, the Texecutioner? 
Yeah. Yeah. He knocked like they. He was talking so much smack, and then Justin Gagey like knocked it, knocked him out like a tomato can in the first round. Yeah. Like like you said, you have a diverse background. What is it about specifically? I know you like things with wings. Like, why do you like filming that kind of content? Uh, because you're not a hunter yourself. No, I don't mind doing it. I uh-huh. would love to, but I like to capture the people that I'm filming in their moment. That's my thing. I'd rather. I'd rather capture it and make it look amazing versus just setting a camera up. Mm-hmm. Anybody can set a camera up, but to capture it, capture it in a certain way and be in that moment, whether it's waterfowl, whether it's turkey, bear, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it look amazing. That way you're in that moment like, oh, that was awesome. But then when you go back and watch, it's like, wow, it was really like that. And that'll take that person back there. And for the people who weren't there, they're going to be like, that was awesome. Yeah, That's what I'd rather be doing. It's like storytelling. It's a story. Yeah. Every every hunt's a story. Everything's a story. And from the uh, behind the lens aspect, what was your general take on like Sandhills? Bloody. Bloody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, those Kent shells were <laughs> were banging them up a little bit. Yeah. That was probably almost as good as the first waterfowl. That good. Yeah. It was awesome. Things make was, a thug. It was an awesome thing to see. I think the most uh, exciting part about it was seeing everyone's face when, before everyone jumped out of the blind and uh-huh. like, boom. And then everybody just was all like, yep. Yeah. Well, I saw some of the footage that you, you got this morning and it's pretty sick. So you know, we're going to have some good stuff to put out here in the uh, very near future. Yeah. And you and I still are going to do that bear hunt if Canada ever lets us in. Yeah. <laughs> I rushed to make sure I got my passport in time, and then you called me. It's like, yep, not uh, happening. And then COVID derailed the world. So, But uh, we'll, we'll hopefully get to do that at some point in time. Um, Hunter, what about new products or things that are in? Like, You get to do a lot of R&D, I'm sure. And you probably can't talk about some of them, but come on, give us a, give us a little tease here. Oh, you're going to get me in trouble. Um, it We have a couple things that we've been working on. COVID is definitely, at some point, it's going to come to an end. And we are trying to stay ahead of the game, keeping keeping that innovation going, constantly moving forward. Mm-hmm. So we have, a, we have a couple things that we've been working on that have shown some pretty significant promise. And I'm really, really looking forward to being able to take a product from start to finish. I, I've been a Kent three and a half years at this point. So it's been right at the end of the rebranding period. Uh-huh. So being able to have something that's kind of, you're talking about 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two, well, really the whole brand. We, I guess my, well, my boss, Jeff Barry, who was supposed to be here, but got pulled to a meeting. Worked it, out for Cade. Yeah. Worked out pretty good for <laughs> Cade. He listening to his story about it because he came on, he was a buyer at Cabela's and then came on, to run the marketing and sales for Kent and listening to him talk. I mean, Kent, the rebranding Kent had was his baby. That was his, the whole thing was his, like all of the packaging. It's brand new top of the line packaging, mm-hmm. super, super good looking packaging. All the new product, Fastil 2.0. It's, it's really, everything's coming together and it's been two, two years and COVID kind of put a cap on it per se. So having something to come out of the backside of COVID where we're like, hey, still going to be in a innovative, constantly trying to find new stuff and better stuff. And the stuff that we're working on is 
pretty earth shattering, and I'm really looking. I mean, how do you improve on tungsten though? Because that stuff is just it's the most lethal waterfowl load. I mean, y'all's tungsten matrix is matrix is ridiculous. So nobody's ever going to be able to beat tungsten matrix. That's out completely out of the question. The only thing that you could really capitalize on would be, I guess, would be affordability. Mm -hmm. Because at Kent, what I'm trying to focus on is building the community around everybody can shoot it. We're not trying to make it seem that it's a club that you have to get into. It's the for the blue collar guy that takes his lunch pail to work every day is what we're trying to uh, really capture. So if we can come out with a ground shaking product that's within our MSRP now, mm-hmm. I would love to do that. It's, it's what the community needs and we're going to need that going forward to really stay on top of the game. Yeah. Well, I was certainly, and I'm not saying I'm not now, but I don't hunt public land as much as I once did when I was younger before I had kids, you know, spending the night out there didn't seem so terrible, uh, which I did quite a bit. Um, I was the blue collar guy. I mean, like I said, I was waiting tables to be able to buy shells and I was scheduling my, my classes or, you know, they better not start before 11 because I got to go duck hunting every day. You know, I sometimes would, Denton's a little bit like Austin, uh, but I'd walk in and start like paint on my face and like mm-hmm. wearing my camo. Oh, yeah. People would be like, what is, what is this hillbilly doing? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I don't think you probably had that experience in college station. <laughs> Not nearly as much now. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about components like primers are the, the hardest thing to get right now. It seems like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but they've certainly increased exponentially as far as the cost, uh, perspective is concerned. I think everybody in the industry is seeing that regardless of what product they're actually making from soft gear to, you know, rifles, pistol, I mean, anything in the industry, raw materials have just increased across the board. So you're kind of seeing that no matter what product category. Uh, what's the hardest, so what's the hardest component for Kent to get right now from a manufacturing standpoint? So the biggest thing we're running into is just getting stuff from overseas. All uh-huh. of our components come from Spain, Italy, China, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. So getting something from point A to point B and all of our hauls come in pre-primed. Mm-hmm which makes it hazardous material and getting a company to drive a hazardous product from whatever port we're shipping it to is that's been our biggest problem now it's just constantly trying to get more trucks in scheduled trucks in a time that makes sense everything i mean it's costing double if not triple to send stuff over from overseas taking longer shipping less mm-hmm. and and just finding people that want to work and get it get it to the factory is the biggest thing we're running into but we're still making and pumping out as many shows as we can we're trying as hard as we can to keep up with it but yeah well i think it's it needs to be said like when you see these companies increase their ammo prices it's not because they're trying to just gouge the consumer it's because it's more expensive for you guys and you still have to make money too you know it's uh it's business Mm-hmm. And and people, you know, I see it all the time. Social media, oh, ammo companies are just gouging us. Then they know that there's it's a there's a shortage and and they're pricing everything up. No, I mean that's not really reality, is it, Cade? Not at all. And just one thing that compounded all the demand and short supply issue this year, there was a couple other major manufacturers that had some, you know, pretty pretty grave issues in their production and 
you know, company structure and whatnot, which also left a huge hole in the market as well. So in addition to being, you know, having several million new gun owners looking for shells mm-hmm. for everything from home defense to waterfowl to, you know, dove, whatever you could think of, there was a massive hole left in the market from, uh, from a few other manufacturers that, you know, traditionally had been a, a big player. Yeah. I was visiting with a longtime friend, Linda Powell from Mossberg a couple of weeks ago. And, she, and we've talked a lot about the seven, maybe it's now closer to 8 million new gun, first time gun owners in our country over the last 18 months. And, um, she was like, yeah, it doesn't really even matter what ammunition is on the shelf. There, people are going into the store and saying, what gun can I get that will match this ammo on the shelf so I can walk out with the gun and the ammo today? Yeah, I've seen people uh, go into stores whenever we do consumer engaging events and whatnot, and they'll show up with a box of whatever it could be that they found at Academy or wherever else, and they will buy a gun to fit an esoteric round that they happen to find in stock somewhere. That's just crazy. It's a bizarre, <laughs> a bizarre buying climate, to be sure. Yeah, people are very paranoid right now, like just social unrest and... Um, I think people are buying more than they ever have before too because they don't know when the supply is going to normalize again. I'm that so the guy, guy that's that typically buying just for this one season, you yeah. know, just as far as Ken is concerned, is buying for the next three or four if he can find it available, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I've done that quite a few times this year. I, I never was the person that bought a thousand rounds in bulk. You know, I just, I never had until this year. And I'm like, huh, Lucky Gunner. Yeah, the cat's out of the bag. I love Lucky Gunner, but they've got all kinds of ammunition. And uh, it's like, oh, there's a thousand rounds of 308 that just showed up at the door. My wife's like, what's this? I'm like, I don't know. It just showed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely in that camp of uh, buying more than I than I ever have. Anyway, so you're headed back to Texas next week. You're going home and then coming back. Yeah. So I I'm going home working a waterfowl festival. Thursday through Sunday uh-huh. in the office Monday and then right back down to Corpus with our with our buddy David Sams over David at Lone Sams. Star Outdoor News huh yeah so it, it'll be a fun trip I hunted with David that was actually the first trip I took with Kent was down in Laguna Madre mm-hmm. and we went down there for a couple of days I want to say it was around the same time and that was an awesome hunt so I'm looking forward to getting back down there with David and uh have you have days. you ever gone trout or red fishing down there yeah so we actually went trout fishing right off the dock oh nice right at the uh at the place in Laguna Madre, so it's a it's a fun time. Yes, it is. The Texas coast is a special place indeed, and uh, I'm glad you're going to get to soak it up again here next week. We are going to knock out a quick break. Uh, we'll come back, and I know that cameraman Steve over here is uh, chomping at the bit to ask us, Hunter, Kate, and myself, some questions from a non-hunter's perspective. So interested to find out what's on Steve's mind. Uh, that segment Brought to you by All Season Smokers, the same folks that make the great blinds and feeders that you've come to know and love. Well, yeah, they've also got an awesome lineup of barbecue pits and smokers. I just got their new pellet grill, cooked on it last week for the first time, uh, made some jalapeno dove poppers, you know the drill, bacon, cream cheese. I put a little peach marmalade in the middle, too, to kind of give it a little sweet to counteract that heat from the jalapeno. Mm, Good stuff. And that's just the first of many Awesome wild game preparations that are going to come off of that all-seasons pellet grill. You can find their entire lineup of pellet grills and smokers at allseasonsfeeders.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Yeah, I like Texas. Well, ain't it fine here? like to pick my guitar down at Old Green Hall and drink that shutterbuck beer. Yeah, I like 
Hey guys, Cable here, and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions, I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small-framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a Hunter Green Enforcer Kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, look no further than ECR Construction Group. My longtime bow hunting buddy, Josh Brown, is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time. ECR Construction Group also serves the North Texas area, specializing in roofing, barn dominium builds, painting, and carpentry. So for your next project, call the folks I trust. That's ECR Construction Group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at bobcatadvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit bobcatofdallas.com today. Tell my brother and sister I miss them most I bless them each day with the Son and Holy Ghost I thank you, Lord, for letting me be set free I may run with the devil I may run with the devil I may run with the devil But he's never catching up to me That's our very old Bart Crow, Run with the Devil, bringing us back. Oldie but a goodie uh, there. Uh, but bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, Cable Smith here with you as always. Thanks to Mossberg Firearms as well. We're still knee-deep in our discussion, our roundtable, uh, with our friends from Kent Cartridge, who headed out to Lubbock with me last week, uh, Hunter Colbert and Cade Johnston, as well as cameraman Steve Boostran is here as well, as he was documenting the whole thing for Kent. So we'll jump back into that conversation but first, this segment proudly brought to you by NUMA, geared for the outdoors made for hunters by hunters. NUMA is a Texas-based apparel company that is uh, making some gear that is as top-notch. It's right there on par with the other three big boys. You know who they are, but NUMA is in that same ballpark. And this past week, I wore the Alpha Vertex crane hunting in Lubbock and then went straight to the deer lease and spent a couple days there. And temperatures got down into the 30s, so... All I had on was a Merino uh, base layer, that Alpha Vertex on top, boom, 40 degrees, no problem. Love the Kazakh camo as well. You can find all of NUMA's apparel at numaoutdoors.com, and you'll save 20% off all their great apparel and uh, bino harnesses, backpacks, everything if you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. Um, all right. Let's get back into it here with Hunter, Cade, and Steve. And Cade, let's talk about your illustrious 
guiding background. I think maybe it was right after college, but it seemed to sparkle and fade pretty quickly. It was very brief. Um, after college, still trying to find a steady job, and I was working at a uh, uh, outdoor store in Austin, Sportsman's Finest, was great store and everything, and then have the opportunity to guide a lot of pig hunts, especially um, out in Lamita, Texas, at the Cayenne Vista Ranch, and that was kind of a good primer because I didn't really grow up hunting anything other than dove and occasionally pigs. And so it's uh, primarily an exotic ranch, but they do a lot of training on marksmanship and um, ethical long-range hunting and very specialized kind of more niche training, but all focused around, um, you know, hunting and doing Africa prep for folks and, mm. you know, uh, a lot of youth outreach type activities too. It was a, it was a great experience. It wasn't very long because um, then I got to go and got the opportunity to work with Kent and the other great manufacturers that we represent and everything. And so it was short-lived, but it was definitely a good primer, especially not really coming from a strong hunting background, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah, definitely priming the pump for <laughs> the next few years. Well, you know, we're recording this after day one of our uh, crane hunting adventure, and we've still got one more morning to go. I did want to say thanks for letting Belle be a part of this. You know, I don't know how many more hunts she has left in her, but uh, we're going to enjoy all the time that we have together. She'd never been crane hunting before, and she'd never seen a crane, never been on a crane hunt. She's done, I mean, more ducks and dove you can, than you can shake a stick at, and has picked up quite a few geese over the years, but... Never a crane, and she got out there that first time and looked at this that big ass bird. And she's like, "What in the hell is this thing?" Yeah, yeah she picked it up pretty quick though. She, <laughs> I think it took her a minute to try to figure out the feet and the wings and really what the hell it was. But once she figured that out, she was a oh yeah, it's half her size. But once she got oh, it dialed yeah. in, I yeah, mean, it's really there was the one that she just she was like, nah, "I'm not bringing that one back." And then after that, she was like, "Okay, I think I can do this." And yeah. and um, but then we had another dog. Uh, his name was Easy. Easy. And that thing was a beast. Like, there's a cripple. He's, like, running it down. Oh, he was a badass. Yeah, he was getting after it. And he had the doggles on, which are, like, goggles to protect their eyes from the uh, from the wounded cranes, if there are one, if there is one. Uh, we didn't send Bell on, on any real lively ones, so. It's, it's such a – that's another unique ex- thing about it is watching dogs kind of, like, attack. A, yeah. A bird, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, for lack of a better term, like, they literally – have to attack these birds and really get on top of them and to be able to bring them back and it's which cranes i don't think people really understand how big cranes actually are they're big ugly freaking birds but but just watching dogs work like that i mean i'm used to watching dogs wade through rice to right. pick up ducks so picking up a freaking 20 pound bird is a uh and fight it at the end of it. that's a crazy you thing know what watching about. easy reminded me of of like i don't know if you've ever gone hog dogging but mm-hmm. when they let the pit bull or the catch dog, you know, whatever it happens to be, when they let that, when they cut that dog off of its chain, that's what it reminded me of. You know, it's just a hundred miles an hour and I'm just going to sick that thing. And the, the goggles make them look like little badasses too. <laughs> it's like a oh yeah, little fur missiles. Yeah. 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 Well, cool guys. Well, um, thanks to Kent for uh, facilitating this and. Um, Cade, I'm glad you're able to come. Steve, yeah, thanks. thanks for coming and filming, man. And, and I actually uh, got a question for all of you. Yeah. Uh-oh. So throughout all of your hunting, what is the one thing that gets you going? Doesn't matter if it's just the oh. moment before you shoot, or is it the rush when you shoot, or last. is it when you see what you shot? What is it? Go ahead, Cade. So for me, it's none of those. I love to cook. So I like Sandhill Crane. I've never had the opportunity to cook that. Uh-huh. So I'm excited to. 
you know, get after it and figure out some cool ways to cook that and cook it for the family and everything. And I think it's kind of a cool experience sort of um, cooking and enjoying things with my family that most people and even myself don't have the opportunity to try very often. So for me, I, I like that aspect of it, getting to share that um, kind of reward with my family, even though they're not here. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of a fun way to share the experience with them. Well, you should you should hear my wife's opinion when I come home after a week in New Mexico with no elk. There's there's no way to share that experience. <laughs> That's an expensive experience. My how I've looked at hunting over the past couple of years, I feel like it's changed drastically. Mm-hmm. So the hunting aspect of it, I don't really get fired up over that as much anymore. Like I grew up whitetail hunting. You sit in a tree for hours by yourself more than likely you don't come home with anything. Mm-hmm. So having kind of the camaraderie, camaraderie, intimacy, whatever you want to call it with the guys in the blind, that's what gets me fired up now. Flying 1,100 miles from West Virginia to Lubbock, Texas to shoot cranes with a group of guys I've never really hung out with before. That's an awesome thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And like coming down, hanging out with Wyatt and Hunter and everybody, it's been awesome the lodge is awesome you don't get to experience this that a whole lot so it's kind of my way of looking at it is my life is a joke like i'm on a <laughs> podcast that's gonna be listened to by millions of people and i'm just a little country kid from the middle of bfe so it's it's dra- my perspective has drastically changed over the past three years so if that answers the question i guess yeah yeah it does so i had my wife on last uh, last week because we had to like a celebration for the 600th show and I think over the years for those little mini milestones, I mean, that's 12 years of my life now I've invested into this. And I've tried to have like a, you know, celebrity or some high, you know, profile guest on to, to commemorate those. And then this, as as in answer to your question, Steve, where I'm going with this is what's changed for me is now it's all about getting my kids involved. Uh, I see how much they enjoy it. And so that's, that's my favorite thing. And I'm going to count the dog as my kid too because uh, seeing how excited, I mean, Bell, even with the state, like her physical deterioration, you know, last week the dog was not even eating, gave her some prednisone. She wanted to go hunting today, you know, oh, yeah, she was that's what she wanted to do. My kids want to go hunting. Um, that's what they want to do. They want to go with dad. Like they're beating me up nonstop. Take us to the deer lease. Take us to the deer lease. I'm like, it's not even deer season. Like, we want to shoot a pig. We want to see you shoot a pig, you know, whatever. Um, and then the wild game aspect, like Cade alluded to, um, sharing the that experience having it come full circle with friends and family certainly important one thing about the St. Hill cranes my mom my my parents do not hunt my dad's a big bass fisherman um and my mom refuses to eat wild game she's like no she's not she's not a vegetarian she'll eat steak she'll eat chicken so like probably 15 years ago the first time I came out here and like the first St. Hill cranes I ever shot and and we didn't do it like this I mean, we laid down in a field where we thought the cranes were going to fly over, and we, like, shot them at 80 yards with BBs, you know? Like, <laughs> we were the sky-blasting yeah. uh, sons of guns, for sure. That was us to a T. We got some cranes, brought them home, put them on kebabs, and my parents came over for dinner, and I told my mom it was steak kebabs. And the crane was so good that she ate it all, and I didn't tell her until afterwards. I pulled up a picture of a crane on my phone. I was like, this is what you ate. She was like, what is that, and why did you do this to me? <laughs> but I was like, oh, you just told me how good it was, so I don't want to hear your crap. That's awesome. Yeah. Making a convert right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's almost how you have to get people, which is 
kind of a gray area, I would, <laughs> I would say. But, I mean, sneaking it in more often than not, wild turkey's the same way. Yep. No, nobody would ever attempt or think that that would be a good eating bird. Yep. And it's yeah. delicious, and nobody will second guess it. Well, you're you're on for a treat with the uh, ribeye in the sky. So, oh, yeah. Looking yeah. forward to it. One. Well, thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, this has been a fun trip. And Oh, wait, Steve still has one I more. I got one more question. Yeah. We have time. Oh, we got time. Okay. Sure. So here's, and I'd like to debate this with a lot of people, a lot. <laughs> so a lot of people are against killing animals, but then they go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're already, you know, it's, it's good. I'm like, what's the difference? What, what is your take on that? People who are against killing animals, but they'll eat what's at the store versus. Yeah, that's my mom. I don't get it. It, it's a head scratcher like it doesn't make any sense something still died right for you to for for you to eat and that's what i preach it, you know our family is very aware that for us to get protein something dies whether yes. you buy it at the store or whether you shoot it yourself right yeah so death is just a part of life yeah and i, I mean it's it's just kind of hypocritical organic versus process some people just grossed out by it i guess yeah. i don't know but it, it it really doesn't make any sense to me it's yeah. pretty fresh i think i mean it's the there's no fresh and there's no chemicals no hormones no. yeah it's arguably far healthier than oh yeah, yeah. leaner but it's dirty <laughs> people not in dirty as in like the bloody gory aspect of it like you actually have to take something's life and i don't think a lot of people Society's really so detached from it. Yeah, they're a few oh, steps yeah. removed from it. Yeah. yeah, They don't have to see it. They don't interact with it. They get their wrapped steak at the store, take it home, cook it. It's done. They don't reap any of the real benefits from it. I guarantee you everyone in that blind today, probably including Steve, who was running the camera, grabbed one of those cranes and instantly just had blood all over their hands. And that's just how we rolled for the rest of the, of the day or morning until after we cleaned the birds. And it's like, not, we're not, we just walk around with blood on our hands for a few hours. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No. Doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. No. Yeah. I, I from my point of view, I think that if people think that it's gross and disgusting that you're killing an animal then eating it like right after or later on, you know, what do you think people did way back then? Right. How, How do we think get they here? got their food? As humans, it's, it's, right? I mean it's evolved, yes, but what do you think people still do today, to this day? It's it's natural. So what well, happens if the stores go down? Then what are you going to do? Hmm? You're going to see a lot more people hunting for the first time. But I think that uh, in, you'll see this coming, and it's already coming, but the fake meat movement, like lab-grown meat. Like, we don't have to kill anything anymore. Now we're just growing it in a Petri dish. Screw that, dude. No. I don't want that. You, I don't know what's in that. No. Uh-uh. I'm gonna, we're going to keep going. Yeah. And, the thought of being so okay with eating something out of a Petri dish <laughs> to the point that you're you're Weird. just like that against the thought of kind of bucking up and taking something's own life and doing something in yeah. your own way that you're willing to eat something that's grown in a lab is mind-boggling to me. well you know bill gates has his fingers all over everything and that's just one of the the many ways that he, the uh the rich plan to get richer is making us all eat petri dish meat so. yeah try the, yeah not happening. i'll pass <laughs> I, I got one more question we had a nice juicy burger from Herd's, Herd Burger on the way up here. It's, it's like right. a it's Jacksboro right. tradition. It's not your natural in and out, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you have? So, I know everyone's hunted a lot, but what is your ultimate prize that you want to hunt? Oh. For me, if, if I was a true hunter, probably a bison. That that or a 
uh, a lion. Have you shot anything? No. You haven't, but you've filmed a lot of stuff getting shot. Yeah. So a bison or a lion. Okay, I'll tell you my top number one would be a leopard. Like, it's a, I love predator hunting, and there's no doubt, like, a leopard, something that can, they say for every second a leopard's on you, if you were in that unfortunate situation, you're getting 100 stitches. Really? And, yeah, I just, something that can mess you up like that. Ah, maybe it's some, like, sick or twisted, but that's, that would be number if one on my list. If you ran out of ammo, would you go toe-to-toe -to -toe No, with I'm just going to be like, sorry, Steve, I am look like I'm a little faster than you, man. <laughs> oh, no, no. See, in that situation, like, if I ran, a, ran out of ammo and I only had a knife, I'm going out swinging. There's oh, no way. for sure. I'm not going to be. You're going out I'm, swinging? The cat's hurt. going out swinging? Yeah. yeah. I'm going throw the camera at it first and then. Mm -hmm. What about you, Cade? Man, probably uh, a bear hunt in Alaska would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty pinnacle, you yeah. know. I think that'd be a once-in-a-lifetime experience for sure. Probably be mine. These are all like money's no, not part of the equation. Because no, no, yeah. like, I've looked at leopard hunts. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars. I'm like looking at my three kids. Sorry, you don't get to go to college, you know? Like, <laughs> 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 no, I wouldn't do that. Hunter, mm, that's a tricky one. That's super. The simple way. I have a couple Wyoming hunts coming up over the next couple of years that I'm really looking forward to. But if money isn't a thing anything in alaska really mm -hmm. just getting way back in the sticks disappearing for a couple of weeks a caribou would be super fun yeah but alaskan bear would be uh would be awesome what's the island in alaska that everybody kodiak, kodiak. Mm -hmm. killing an elk out there would be pretty cool too yeah yeah well you asked animal so leopard would be number one on my, on my bucket list place to go which i haven't been is alaska because i've been to africa quite a few times alaska would be number one for me alaska yeah yeah for sure Fishing, hunting, whatever. I just want to go. I mean, I want to kill everything there, too. I'm not going to lie. I do. <laughs> you said Alaskan brown bear. That's up there. Uh, I've got I've got a moose that I shot in, in uh, Newfoundland. It's nice, but it isn't that nice. You know, like we're looking at a... Yeah, it's a monster. Some 60-inch... It had to be Alaska or the Yukon. You know, I mean, it's a giant. That's where you find the giants, but... But you'd kill it with what? A compound or a gun? I'd like to do the moose with a, with a bow. Yeah. I don't know about the bear. <laughs> <laughs> or spear. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. Those are good questions, dude. Yeah. That's going to do it for the Kent Cartridge roundtable discussion that we taped out in the Texas Panhandle last week. Uh, if you haven't hunted with Final Descent Guide Service, highly recommend it. That's the second year in a row I've, I've gone with those boys. And, man, they do it right. No doubt about that. Uh, cranes, like, literally in your face in the decoys. It's awesome. That segment brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. I'm drinking a cup of the Power Llama Light Roast right now. They've got light roast, medium roast, dark roast, whatever you fancy. They've got it all. America's Coffee Company, veteran-owned and operated, and you'll save 20% off all Black Rifle Coffee and swag, T-shirts, caps, stickers, apparel, all that stuff with that promo code LONESTAR20. Coming up next, an old dog learns a new trick. Sweet Belle made me prouder than she ever has right here at the end of her life. Uh, I'll tell you all about it next. Try not to get choked up while I do it. You're listening to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Nights over that bitch for one last mile And we're fast asleep by the flyer's side 
Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys, we all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Hey, guys, Cable here. And if there's one service, one company that I rely on heavily, when planning my next backcountry hunt, it's Onyx Hunt. They have, for a long time, set the gold standard when it comes to giving me the information I need to basically predict where I'm going to find animals. And if you can hone in on where the animals are going to be, you're going to be more successful. Onyx uses their own topo maps, plus, I mean, geographical features like watering holes or a meadow system that works its way down a mountainside where you know those elk are going to be feeding and muleys in the morning and evenings. Yeah, it'll show you that as well. Uh, plus, of course, private property boundaries. Where does the National Forest end? Where does Rancher Joe's property start? Yeah, it's going to show you that as well. So whether you're planning a backcountry hunt or just picking ambush points to hang your tree stands on your whitetail property, Onyx shows it all to you. They've got different layers you can apply to a, a specific grid or a piece of property it's really rad. And here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% when you order your Onyx subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at onxmaps.com. Spawn is right around the corner. Your reels have been re-spooled and the tackle box is ready to roll. But the question is, can your truck handle another season of pulling your boat in and out of the water every weekend? Call David Boone at Third Coast Diesels. He'll make sure your truck is not what sinks your next fishing trip. Offering a widespread array of diesel parts and services, call 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com today. So one last time, let your aim be true on the other side, boy, I'll be waiting for you. Where the dove flies steady and the ducks come down like a painter's vision from the cold gray clouds. The seasons will never close when we get up there. One of my all-time favorites there, boy, and his daughter, Justin Bowerman, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. This segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the DS4K Ultra. You want to talk about amazing video quality? Grab yourself a DS4K Ultra. I literally watched a coyote snatch a grasshopper out of midair and chomp that thing down. It was awesome. Uh, it's the DS4K Ultra. You can find it at stealthcam.com. With that being said, uh, this segment is all about Bell and I. And, you know, 
my old dog Maverick, who died, oh, what the girls were one, so that's five years ago. I thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. Turns out he was a great dog, but I think you get one once in a lifetime dog, and he was my first dog, um, and that'll never be replaced. But Bell, my gosh, a, well, just an absolute blessing this dog has been in the field in the house her gentle spirit but one that she can just crank up when it's time to go hunting which is what she lives for and so she has this terminal cancer a carcinoma in her left nostril lost her appetite well it's two weeks ago now and uh, got her on prednisone started feeling better started eating again and this is totally just a band-aid you know we're aware of that the end is coming but i was like you know aaron i, I think I want to take Belle to West Texas on this hunt. She's like, do you think that's a good idea? What if her nose starts bleeding again? Um, I'm like, you know what? This is what Belle wants to do. She feels good enough to do it. I called Final Descent and Wyatt, our guide, he was like, yeah, you know, and he told me last year, typically they don't allow clients to bring their dogs, but since Belle's situation was a little different, he said, yeah, bring her. And I was like, okay, she's never hunted cranes. He's like, yeah, she'll be all right. And she was. <laughs> First day we hunted out of that A-frame, 10 guys deep. I'm on the far left side. And like we were talking about in the previous segment with the Kent Cartridge guys, that Bell didn't know what to do with that first crane. She picked it up and was like, eh, it's too big, dropped it, came back to the blind. I'm like, Bell, fetch, you know. Um, mm, took about two or three birds before she got the confidence. Like, I can deal with these and I know where to grab them now. And by the end of that first day, I think she had – Four retrieves only out of the 20, what, four birds we shot or eight-man limit. Um, so it's easy did most of the heavy lifting. Second day, we're in a new peanut field, and we're hunting out of layout blinds. And so I look at Wyatt, and I'm, like, looking at these 10 layout blinds lined up. And, of course, we've brushed them in with corn stalks. I mean, we spent an hour brushing the, the hide in. And I said, where, where do you want? bell to sit and he's like well can't she just get in the blind with you that's what we do i'm like the dog's going in the layout blind he's like yeah without skipping a beat i said yeah she'll do that and i knew that she would because that dog from day one has done whatever i've asked of her so it was a little cold it was actually nice having her in the blind because i think we both benefited from uh, each other's warmth (laughs) so we were nice and cozy in there and as soon as those birds started coming in i mean she's at my She's laying at my feet, sticks her, she's got her head, you know, peeking out where the, the blind folds over itself in a layout blind. Um, and the first birds come in, boom, 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 we shoot, I think we shot one. Bell goes, gets the bird, brings it back. That happened about 15 times that day. It was awesome to see, uh, at 11 years old, dying of cancer, this dog, figured out okay i'm i'm now hunting out of a layout blind this is different never done it before but oh my gosh i was so proud and she just started manhandling those birds even sent her on a couple cripples didn't really mean to because she didn't have uh, eye protection but part of me selfishly was like well she's about to die anyway so if she loses an eye is it really then no i didn't really think that but we didn't know that they weren't quite dead um and so she made quick work of them as well man I was glad that we were in layout blinds because every time she brought a bird back, I could just feel the tears trickling down 
my face. And it it was a sense of pride, but also just knowing I don't know that we'll ever get to do this again. Certainly not sandal cranes, but maybe never even hunt together again. And we have hunted one more time since then. Um, went out opening day for ducks and we shot three widgeon and she brought all those back to hand. And then her nose did open up and I mean, it was, there was a lot of blood, uh, a little gory detail there, probably TMI. Uh, so I, I don't know if bell will, will get to go on another hunt. She's off of the prednisone now. He can't keep the dogs on that forever. And so I think maybe if she loses her appetite, we'll get one more round of prednisone and that'll be the end of the road. Um, I, hopefully not, you know, praying for a miraculous recovery, but this is not reality, right? I mean, the cancer she has is always fatal. So we'll just run it back as as long as we can. But, man, I was so proud. Old dog, new tricks, learning to hunt out of a layout blind, picking up sandhill cranes like it's her job, the videos and photos that Steve took of Bell retrieving those cranes and, and our dove hunt that afternoon those are things I will cherish and uh, that will last with me for the rest of my life. So I don't know if Jojo <laughs> will be uh, be everything that Bell has been for me. I, I hope so. But I really do believe uh, you only get that once in a lifetime dog once. So I, I don't know how it could be any better. And I'm sure that many of you are listening to this thinking, yeah, I know which one of my dogs was that dog. God bless them. The only, the only crime is that they... Uh, they don't live as long as we do. And like I said, with when Henry was on the other week, they always leave you with a broken heart at the end of the road. So here's to all those hunting dogs that left us too soon. Uh, and like I said, truly grateful that we were in layout blinds that day because yeah, the other guys would have would have known what was going on, but why make it awkward for them, right? They don't want to see a grown man crying. Uh, so that was a little silver lining there. We had that time to ourselves in, in the blind, and you know, what a what a beautiful morning it was. <sighs> Unfortunately, I, got, I think someone cut the onions in here, but uh, we got to go. We are flat out of time. That segment was brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy and Lone Star Ag Credit. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying give your four-legged hunting buddy a big old hug around the neck. Y'all have a great week in the outdoors. It's just a dog, right? Just an old mutt Riding shotgun Getting my seats all muddy